0: I have a confession to make. All right. Fess up. On a previous episode, um, I gave a f- – in the the quiz at the end, I gave clues, and the one you picked, I said, was factual. Mm-hmm. And I found that after going through my list of plants that it was a fact from another tree Oh, that no. got thrown in. Uh-oh. So you were correct. Yeah. That – that so, there were two lies in that one, There were Is that two you're lies, me? yeah. So, you were actually right. So, yeah. I don't know if that, bo- I mean, you did really good. You ended the last episode on a win, yeah. But I, I'm looking at all these now, going, What else did I do wrong? Yeah. <laughs> so, but at least we fessed up. So, the episode, if I remember correctly, was Inkberry Holly, mm-hmm. and we were saying it could be used in making instruments, yeah, yeah. And it's actually and I was like, hey, that's not true, no. And yeah. then I was thinking, I was like, Well, it's got to be, I wrote it down. Maybe it was, <laughs> you know, and I even teased you in the. I don't even know if you look at the, the, the names of the episodes because uh, you're like, that somewhat, can't be yeah. used for an instrument. And I wrote, maybe Tom can make a tiny violin <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> out of it. But you were actually right. So, and it was, it was Inkberry Holly, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I remember being in yeah. Inkberry Holly. And I'm like, how are they going to make instruments out of now, that tiny little stem? I don't want to tell you what plant it's from because it's one that we haven't done yet. And we're mm-hmm. not doing this week either. So, but. I figured I'd fast up.
1: Oh, thank you very much. I do appreciate that. I wasn't going (laughs)
0: to, but (laughs) I wasn't going to. How long ago did you find out about this? Oh, like two weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) But I did come around. All right, so
1: today, how are you going to – I'm going to ask some questions because I know we did get some feedback and people
0: like it when I ask questions. I think it gives a different – because you're going to ask a much broader Mm -hmm. range of things than I would generally just – give out yep all right so what do you got
1: uh, i'm gonna start off with my typical question is it a tree shrub uh grass graminoid or forb? it is
0: a i'm actually gonna
1: i didn't i didn't
0: say other in there but is it another no No. i'm gonna i'm gonna elaborate on this one so it's a deciduous dense low-growing rambling shrub of the anacardiaceae family which includes, and I, I apologize if I, I butchered that. So for our listeners that are unsure sometimes of how to pronounce botanical or family names, don't feel bad. You just got to go for it. Anacardiaceae family, which includes cashews and poison ivy.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, that's interesting. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say, what's the, when it comes to pronouncing botanical names and, and scientific names, it's. Just make sure you hit all the, uh, the <laughs> syllables. and I uh, yeah, almost said synonyms. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's not right.
0: No, syllables. No. If you hit all the syllables, at least you'll sound like you know how it's supposed exactly. to sound. Exactly. So. All right. So that's question one. What else, what else do you want to ask? Uh, then I'm going to ask, you said it was low growing. Mm-hmm. How low growing is it? Its ultimate height range is anywhere from two to eight foot. that's a wide range, but we have to be fair yeah, no, I don't want I don't want to be misleading.
1: Um, does it form a flower? and if so, what what color is that flower?
0: So um, the flowers are yellow in clusters of about one inch long, uh, male in catkins and female in short clusters at the end of branches.
1: I'm just writing all this down. Uh, I feel like I know this, but I can't put my finger on it. what right. That was uh, three? That's only three. three? Yeah. Okay. Um, does it f- produce a berry?
0: Fruit is red mm-hmm. and hairy, which would be pubescent. Uh, sl- subglobose, which means not quite globe-shaped. And it's a quarter inch in diameter.
1: Yellow with... with- I wrote down what I thought my guess would be, but that wasn't what I'm actually meant to write down. Um, Let's see. What else can I ask here? Uh, I got to go back to some of my old questions and and look. Um, hmm. Is it – oh, gosh. Oh, man. This is terrible podcasting. I don't know what to ask next.
0: What's the leaf shape? Leaf shape, it's alternate, compound, trifoliate, so three in threes. Mm -hmm. Um, Terminal leaflet is one and a half to three inches, and the lateral leaflets have a rounded base, and they are glossy green. Man. Um, So three leaves, one terminal, and two lateral.
1: Oh, man. I'm like... I'm go. My brain is
0: going into a terminal million different... means like the end of the branch. Yeah. Or, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know you. Oh know. yeah. I I'm know. Just... Yeah. But people might those, not know. That's yeah. a good point. So those um, are your five. So it's oh man, it's a lot to take in. I'm gonna.
1: Typically, gonna... flower
0: would be helpful. I don't think it was. I, I'm sure it helped you narrow it down. <laughs> maybe. maybe? <laughs> <laughs> um I was I was hoping it was gonna be white
1: because <laughs> that would stand out more for me yeah. I'm the only thing I can think of that has a yellow flower like uh, there's ham and malice yeah. I should' have for bloom time that's yeah. been a good one
0: um I'm thinking spicebush. Spicebush. oh so okay
1: there are benzoin and that you're you saying think, oh but do you but, think
0: of catkin like man, no, cat can, not at yeah, all so. I mean, that's uh that's why I'm like or and you wouldn't see that on ham and malice either yeah um is it Salix discolor? All right, that's so not that's not,
1: not it either. Oh man, I just I gotta pick something at yes, some point. So I'm yes. just gonna go. It's not spice bush. It's not Salix discolor. Uh, I'm in a real. I'm really stumped here. I I don't think I have a guess.
0: All right, so I'm just gonna go with what your first yeah. guess was, which was spice bush. Yeah. So Tom's guess today and is obviously wrong. Spice guess, bush. It's something I'm...
1: Well, you're going to say it. I'm like, oh, how did I think of that? Fragrant sumac.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go.
1: <laughs> Definitely low-growing. <laughs> you're listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran.
0: Welcome back to A Native Plant Every Day. Happy Wednesday. Uh, it's A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran, and I am Fran. And I'm Tom. And today's plant is Bruce Aromatica, which is fragrant sumac. And this is a plant... Again, I I
1: know it. I've seen it. When you said what it was, I'm like, oh yeah. How did I put all that together? But I'm really not that familiar with it, other than seeing it at the nursery and and on a couple like species lists from time to time. So I'm really yeah. excited to cover this one because I hear from so many people what a great plant it is. Yeah.
0: Whatever. Would, so. would it have helped you if I if I said it was upland? No. No. Okay. <laughs> so I think here's what's get confusing. Now, rue aromatica can get two to eight foot tall. And but in the the landscape nursery trade, there is a common cultivar which is called grolo, which mm-hmm. stays to about two foot. And most people just assume that all Roos Aromatica yeah. stays to about two foot. And when they ask to use this as a sub, because we don't grow cultivars, I'm like, Well, this is gonna get a lot taller than what you what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. So um and I think If you remember correctly, Tom and I recently did a field trip to a golf course where he visited a customer, and he had – they had some planted on a hillside that was actually Mm -hmm. relatively tall, probably like six to eight foot tall. So uh, it can definitely get that big. So if you're wondering if you can plant this plant at your property, you can. It is native throughout the entire continental US, all 48 uh, continental US states. So um, you had asked the leaf, um, and I did say glossy green. It's like glossy blue green leaf mm-hmm. um but the one thing is it will emit like a lemon scent when you crush the leaf so if you're curious you know mm-hmm. when when you're out in the wild and you think it might be it which is really interesting because there's the we've talked about it on native plants healthy planet how
1: there's a spice zumac which is from a mediterranean version yep. of a sumac of and it has a lemony kind of flavor to it and yep. um and i know you can use some native sumacs to make like a lemonade type drink in this yeah. with the the fruit and uh it's something every year i'm like oh i'm gonna try it I'm you can actually i think make the sumac spice with some of your native sumacs it doesn't have the same exact flavors but they're yeah. similar um yeah it's something i've wanted to try so but it's lemony so when you crush the leaves
0: that's the lemony totally. oh yeah it kind of makes sense totally. So, and this plant to me is differs from a lot of our other native sumacs you think of staghorn or smooth sumac or wing sumac it really has a different look. The the leaves are, are smaller, uh and it's it's shrubberier in form. Um but the bark is grey brown and and tight. It's initially smooth with obvious lenticles, and later uh it develops peeling splits in it as it gets as it gets older.
1: Now you have written here that it has the ability
0: to be monoecious or dioecious. What does that mean? I you know, I, I guess it's it's really situational uh, and depending on what it needs, if it's, if it's dioecious, but I, I don't know if it can switch. Yeah. That's the one thing I don't know. I would, I would imagine that it's in order to survive, it's, it's adapted to be able to do that. Yeah, it's yeah. probably one or the other, yeah.
1: but yeah. And for everyone who can't see us, cause you're only listening to us, Frank, when I asked that
0: question, Frank kind of like shrugged and threw up his <laughs> hands. <laughs> that means, yeah. I don't know. Um you know, We talked about the flowers. The male catkins form in late summer, and they persist throughout the winter until eventually uh, blooming in the spring. So mm-hmm. um, I thought that was really interesting. I thought if you would have asked me the fall color, maybe that would have given that it to yeah. So it does have a, a, a beautiful fall, fall color. It's a brilliant orange to a red or a purplish-red fall color. So I think all, like, uh, roosh copalinum and, and uh uh, Ruth uh, Typhina both mm. have very very showy fall colors, and this is no exception. But where the other ones are a little more red, this is a little more orange.
1: Yeah. And what kind of environments do they grow with? And what's its, its growth pattern? When when you see it, is it? like a single stem is it a whole bunch of stuff is growing in sun shade
0: it's a lot of root suckers so it is shrubby but it does sucker so it will form really dense thickets um in the wild it does like sun it likes part shade and it likes shade so it it can it's going to survive um it's not super long-lived it's it's not like one of these 100 to 300 Mm -hmm. year old plants it's going to live 20 to 50 years which is a pretty good, you know. If you want something that's going to grow quick enough that you can enjoy in your lifetime, yeah, this is yeah. this is a plant that you can definitely definitely plant.
1: Yeah. And, um, you mentioned it was good for no, I'm thinking of our last episode when you're talking about
0: erosion control, yeah.
1: But is this a plant that's good for erosion control? Hemlocks are totally, you, you know, it, is,
0: because it does have the right, uh, rhizomatous root system and it does spread by root suckers, it, it, it forms like a really extensive shallow root system it's not deep root it's very shallow but mm-hmm. it's gonna like it's like i said form thickets so uh it's great for erosion control and soil stabilization one of our listeners actually shared i was really shocked at this it was a stream mm-hmm. and right down at the bottom of the slope right near the stream they had planted grow low sumac yeah and you know considering it it was low slope, and this is an upland plant, meaning ninety nine percent of the time is found in upland species. A slope is upland, but it mm-hmm. was low enough that if you have high water events, yeah, or or a hundred year storm, that stream is going to be higher. So, and it's surviving well. Um, mm-hmm. Not what I would have thought. I would yeah. have never recommended to plant something that low on a slope, that close to water. Yeah, but this, this kind of plant. Yeah, yeah but. Um, It it definitely is holding the soil very well in that condition uh, considering how how fast-moving that stream seemed to be. And what kind of wildlife does it attract? Uh, It does attract uh, butterflies and bees. It provides nesting materials and structure for native bees. It's very important for native bees. Uh, The berries persist into the winter, um, and it will attract uh, many birds, including robins, sparrows, goldfinches, and chickadees. And chickadee is one that – I really feel that we're losing a lot of na- native habitat for, so if you mm-hmm. have the ability to plant this and and, and it gives that that uh, a berry source for chickadees, I would love to see more chickadees. I definitely don't see as many chickadees now as I did when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, game birds and squirrels will eat the seeds, and rabbit and deer will uh, browse the leaves. So, And it also, if you're curious, it's pollinated primarily by bees. Very cool. And uh, I'm glad to see that it's... A completely non-poisonous plant
1: because that would have been really bad if you said oh yeah it's poisonous after i said oh yeah you can make it make <laughs> you can
0: make lemonade and and, and it, use it as a spice you know and it's so, always you know it is in the same family as poison ivy so i can understand why you would have that concern but it appears that it's totally non-poisonous um it is a late successional species so if you're curious where it will start popping up in a forest it's it does start to show in late successional forests it does have its issues um it can be susceptible to vascular wilt disease, leaf spot, rust, scale, aphids, and mites. And and I want to talk about – we've mentioned this on Native Plants Healthy Planet. We had a listener ask us specifically for a native plant every day, do scale contribute to the food web? And we're like, yeah, actually I think 52 species of bird feet on scale. Yeah. And she's like, why are you hating on scale? Because <laughs> yeah. scale – if if left unchecked, can take out – even though you're contributing to the food web, mm-hmm. it can also kill the plant or many and
1: plants. A lot of times that's if you don't have the predatory insects, birds, yep. those kind of things to take care of it. Yeah, it, yeah you're going to kill the plant, and then the plant's not helping yes. with your erosion control or, or wildlife benefits, all that yeah. kind of stuff so too. So if you,
0: if you have a healthy ecosystem that you're planting it in and you have some scale, it's not becoming an issue because you do have the, the predatory birds eating it and so forth. But it can – in an unbalanced ecosystem be left unchecked and actually take out a lot of a lot of plant material. We could never sell a plant that had scale. Yeah. Yep. You know, that's not something that that we can do. We we would mm-hmm. never want to introduce that to other areas or feel comfortable that it's going to an area that has a balanced yeah. ecosystem. Now what's this plant a good substitute for? Himalayan blackberry, uh, which is I I, I, I want to say it's an invasive um, but it's a it's a great substitute for that. Uh, it will give you a very similar look uh, but not be invasive and it's native. And, and we've already touted all of the great wildlife features that it has. So you can greatly contribute to your ecosystem in a positive way as opposed to Himalayan BlackBerry. Yeah, I'm seeing Himalayan BlackBerry on a, a lot of invasive species council websites out west. Yeah, so – So, and this is uh, we talked about. Ruea aromatica is native in all all forty eight continental U.S. states. So, it's a great great sub for that. Um, So, what do you think about a quiz? How you I'm ready for it. All right. I'm seeing. Wow, we're actually going a little bit longer on this one than normal. So, um, here are your five statements. Four factual. One is false. You have to guess which one I am lying about. Uh, Let's see. Roos aromatica is used to treat excessive vaginal discharge, skin eruptions, and also as a gargle for sore throats. The popular cultivar grolo is actually a cross between Roos aromatica and Ribes alpinum, which is mountain currant. The root bark is astringent and diuretic. Infusions can be used in the treatment of diarrhea or dysentery. I know that – you know, it's funny. I love that that shows up on just about every plant, but one of these times, you could throw it in, and it's not the case. Oh,
1: yeah, and I would never guess it. Um,
0: It is the host plant for the Red Bandit hair streak Butterfly, and Rosaromatica is also used in the treatments of cold, stomach aches, and bleeding.
1: Wow. That's all uh, over uh, the place. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, The only one that – they all sound plausible. So the only one that I would say is that I don't think it's a cross with the, what's he said, Ribes alpinum? Yeah.
0: Are you familiar with mountain current? No. Very similar look, but it's a lower growing plant Mm. and it's a current, like, so I don't know if you've ever had, like, current, like, my fiance actually buys, like, uh, Like she makes a drink. Yeah. Well, it's like a a paste that she makes drinks out of. She'll make a current drink. Yeah. 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 yeah, no, so, I,
1: my parents grew currants at one point, just okay. like from behind the house, and I'd okay. eat the berries off of them. Okay, yeah. all right. So, so I, think that, your, I think that's, that's your, all right. your lie. So
0: Tom's guess that the popular cultivar, Grolo, is actually crossed between Rus' Aromatica and Ribes' Alpinum. <laughs> You're right. It It is not a mix. I thought if I threw a, a very similar low-growing plant in there that mm-hmm. you would think that – You, you – <laughs> me getting this right is basically me
1: not being smart enough to know <laughs> that know what that plant was.
0: So uh, yeah. More more importantly, are you putting this plant in your yard?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm. I plan on doing it this year, actually. because okay. It it can be really beautiful. It's a nice plant. Um, really cool fall color. Uh, I have a spot for it. I plan on putting it in my yard. It's just uh, when am I actually going to plant it?
0: Yeah, that's true. I I think this weekend we're doing uh, yard cleanup, so I'm I'm close to being able to do that. Would I put this in my yard? Yes. Am I going to do it soon? Probably not, because I have some things I want to work out before I would plant it. But I would totally plant this in my yard. Cool. So yeah, it's not that it it makes the list, which is almost every native plant not all of them (laughs) but almost everyone so we have one more episode this week coming up tomorrow so make sure you tune in again and until then keep it native
1: thank you for listening to a native plant every day
0: with tom and fran